Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. I'm Edwin K. Morris. Chris Barand has 30 years of experience in the insurance industry. He is both a certified business appraiser and an approved E&O auditor by multiple E&O carriers. But his reach in E&O does not end there. He is also an approved E&O instructor and expert witness and also has authored a book of E&O tips. Chris, let's not beat around the bush. The question on every agency's mind is, I can't be sued for not providing business interruption relative to COVID-19, can I? For sure. Everybody can be sued for anything, right? And a whole lot of the suits that are at the national level that people may have seen, some of these restaurant uh, suits Mm. against carriers in particular, well, if you get a copy of the actual documents, it lists the agency and the agency is also being sued. How do you step around that? You don't step around that at this point in time. <laughs> you fire as soon as if you're a broker that gets sued, you turn that in, into the ENO carrier ASAP. If you get any indication you're going to get sued, you notify the ENO carrier right away. We've all been hearing so much about BI coverage, but what other lines are agents vulnerable to relative to COVID 19 ENO claims? Few in particular. First, work comp. One of the things that changed with work comp is everybody working from home. And especially if, if an employer is on a borderline, a state border, and their employees are now working from home that happens to be in another state, mm. they had better it offered all states coverage. And there's also an issue regarding whether the home is a safe workplace. You also have an issue as to what some of the state emergency orders that make all COVID-19 claims for certain classes of people, Mm -hmm. at least or employees, automatically work comp claims. That is potentially massive exposure for agencies. Another example, really important, is DNO. And we're already seeing DNO rates spike. We're seeing the availability of DNO become very constricted. I think that the potential for E&O around DNO is, is maybe as high as any other line. It's significant. You have, as the country reopens, we have EPL um, coverage, EPLI insurance. And we've got the situation as to whether we offer the forms with the right coverage, not just the right amounts, but the right coverage provisions. And there's a lot with DNO and EPLI. The forms vary a lot from one company to another company, so it's essential that the agents are offering the coverage that's applicable and not leaving things out. Another one that's maybe overlooked is cyber. The number of cyber attacks has increased by 65% since March 1st. At that level, businesses are being attacked right and left, and most insureds, I would argue, do not have adequate cyber coverage. Yeah. And a lot of agents don't know what cyber coverage they should be offering. So that's an especially large vulnerability from a different angle. Those are the ones that really get to me. As the threat environment continually changes, how does anyone ever keep up on if they have the right coverage or the volume or the dollar amount? Right. It's going to be a balance. 
So the key to it is going to be that you, that the agents sit and work with their clients and actually talk to their clients. They have to talk to their clients from a perspective of, they also have to know what it is they're selling. The idea of selling insurance, but not matching it to the client's needs or understanding what's in that form, that's dead. You're a sitting duck if you do that on a go forward basis. I really cannot overemphasize that. The other thing to do is to pay attention to some of the better technical podcasts yeah. from the legal community. The legal community is publishing some really good information almost daily. Finding some of that stuff and getting through the weeds, kind of hard. But there's some really good information. That's a full-time job, isn't it? Not really. Um, there's, how do I say this? Once you find your right connections or find a person that can help you like, like I do my clients, it's pretty simple. You're relegating a lot of this duty on the agent to make sure they are crystal clear on the requirements and anticipation of that client. It is very crystal clear. It comes down to your standards of care. And every agent listening to this should absolutely be reviewing what their standard of care is by the state where their insurer is located, as well as by their advertising, as well as by their job descriptions. Everyone should stop for a second and do that as yeah. soon as possible. Yeah, and it sounds like do that and do that regularly. For sure, absolutely. Everyone absolutely should revisit the standard of care. And furthermore, one of the gaps that I am seeing is, is that maybe the principals review their standard of care, but they forget to tell all of their employees what the applicable standard of care is. A good point. What makes some of those agencies vulnerable, more vulnerable than others, from being sued in respect to COVID-19 claims? Most vulnerable aspect is they fail to offer applicable coverages. A lot of agents are just there to make the sale. I, mean, I hate to be so direct and blunt, but they're just making the sale and they're not taking the time to actually learn what the client's needs are and they're not offering those coverages. Next part is, is they're not using coverage checklists. So even if, when you offer the coverage and the client says, man, times are tough, I don't want to buy it, get the client to sign off. It's estimated now that 60, 65% of all E&O claims would be avoided if the agent used a coverage checklist with the sign-off. Oh my goodness, that sounds huge. You can eliminate in our world probably 70, 75% of all E&O claims with two steps. Sell the client the right coverage, and if they don't buy it, get them to sign off. Well, you make that sound pretty simple. It's, it is fairly simple. <laughs> I mean, it takes. <laughs> now, the, the complication is this: is that a lot of people don't know their coverages, so they don't know how to use a coverage checklist. Mm -hmm. But the actual process, if you know what you're doing, take the time mm -hmm. to learn what you're doing. It is pretty simple, really. Right. It's not rocket science. I get that. So, not where does this science. checklist come from? So there's lots of sources for coverage checklists. If they are a member of the PIA or the Big Eye, especially the Big Eye has the virtual university where you can go and get them for free. There are a number of sources that are automated software and they will provide you a checklist by SIC or NEIC code. And they're updated all the time. It's, uh, you do have to pay for those. 
Some people don't like to pay for anything, but you do have to pay for those. And they're, hmm. they're a wonderful checklist. Um, some E&O carriers, not many, but a few, uh, will also provide them. Well, it sounds like there's plenty of sources. There are plenty of sources. There are hundreds of coverage checklists available for use. Let's go back to the COVID-19 versus E&O related claims. What mainly is different between the two? Between COVID-19 specific E&O claims and regular E&O claims? Yes. Yes. Please. The standard of care hasn't changed. Nothing changes about that. But what has changed is the visibility. There is so much desperation and there's so much money at risk. So last Wednesday, I think it was, a record was set with 120 coordinated class action lawsuits against the insurance industry specific to COVID-19. The visibility and the number of suits that's going to come out of this is off the charts. In a, put, I'll put it in some numbers for you. In any given year, maybe one out of eight or nine commercial clients will have a claim. And let's say that the error rate is even 25%. So you're talking about 25% of what is that? About 8%. So the chances of an E&O suit coming about to begin with are small, you know, one or 2% any given year. So that's why only about one out of seven, one out of eight agencies are sued any given year. It's not that much. I mean, it's a lot, but it's not really that much. Right now, we are looking at almost probably 90% of all commercial businesses having a loss. Wow. And 90% of those 90% are probably going to at least be initially told they likely don't have the coverage they're seeking. Then that means, well, why didn't the agent offer it or discuss it? Mm. So that's where I'm coming from with the visibility. Mm. Just pure numbers are pretty, it's night and day difference now. Is there any other point in time this is comparable to? Not on a national level, there isn't. Um, the closest that you have is probably Hurricane Katrina, is maybe Sandy, but not quite the same as Superstorm Sandy. Katrina would be the closest. And I was heavily involved in helping agents before and after her, uh, Katrina hit that area. The difference um, with the ones that came out well on the other side oftentimes was the coverage checklist. Mm, mm -hmm. The agents that used the coverage checklist prior, they had so much more success when sued and not being sued as often. Sound advice. For more sound advice, yeah. where can people find you? How do they find out how to get in contact with you? Um, you have my website, burandinassociates.com uh, uh, and Burand Insurance Education. Um, if they want to learn coverages, we have arguably the best bespoke education program, I think, in the industry. Teaches the coverages, coverages one-on-one -on -one specific to that agency. And especially a business income, which is real complex. It's hard to learn well, but the focal point of business income is so crucial right now. And there's two other facts that I'd like to share with the audience Please. about this. Is, is that on business income, the claims, not the claims that will be paid, but the actual losses to insureds is running somewhere around 300 to $400 million a month. That's the intensity of the pressure that people are going to are under to find coverage 
somewhere, somehow. Mm. So learning business income in depth right now is essential. The second part I'd like to point out is agents and brokers have some cover to say the pandemic couldn't have been predicted and therefore we didn't do this or that. Fair enough. But when the second wave hits, you can't use that excuse this time. Yeah. Got to get ahead of that second wave and learn coverages, learn to use checklists, offer the coverages. I, best advice I can give anyone. Well, I think that advice is going to resonate with a lot of people. Good. Thank you very much for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois, your trusted advisor for all things insurance. And remember, get out of the office and sell. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join me for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.